Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Shane Melanson. Shane, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Tyler? Doing fantastic. It was a lot of fun to uh, have a great conversation here pre-show and I know we're going to have an amazing conversation for Elevate Nation today. So thank you for being here. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was uh, it was great to, it, it, it's funny. I mean, this first time we've had a conversation uh, and I don't know if it's because we both don't have hair, but we, <laughs> we seem to kind of uh, get, you know, hit it off very quickly. So uh, I'm looking forward to today's call. Yeah, I know. It's like one of those things where you can just feel it. And uh, I definitely can feel that we're going to have an amazing conversation today. I know we're going to be serving the listeners. We're going to be elevating to a life without limits. And that's what Elevate Nation's here for. And I want to ask you this question that I ask every single time. Are you ready to take it to another level? Because I know I am. And I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And, you know, we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about habits, routines, systems, strategies, tools, and so much more from an individual like Shane, who is elevating to a life without limits. So you can do the same and even more for yourself. And I want to remind you that this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we'd certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you gave us a like, you know, what, wherever you're watching, if you're on YouTube, if you're on uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever, I mean, we're everywhere. So give us a subscribe there. Give us a five-star rating and a review. We'd certainly be grateful for that. It helps us reach our message to more people. And our goal is really to reach millions of people with this message because guess what? You don't have to just tolerate your life. You can actually live a life of joy, of excitement, of fulfillment. And we believe the combination of constant and never-ending improvement, personal growth, and committing to your own personal growth in addition to successfully investing in income-producing real estate is really the path. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, with that said, I want to introduce you to Shane Melanson, who simplifies commercial real estate investing for highly paid professionals and business owners. He is also a commercial developer in Calgary, uh, having completed over more than 65 million in real estate projects and helping his clients buy and sell more than 260 million of commercial real estate. He's invited, he has invested in projects across Canada and the Southwest US. Today, Shane works from home. He spends time with his wife, Kelly, and takes his three kids to school on most days. And his most recent book was Club Syndication, How the Wealthy Raise Capital and Invest in Commercial Real Estate. So Shane, with that said, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio. Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, as, as you uh, uh, alluded to, uh, you may hear my kids uh, upstairs. They're, uh, uh, well, my, my oldest daughter's turning nine uh, next week. And then I've got a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year or four-year-old boy. They all just had birthdays. So uh, here in Calgary, uh, you know, I'm a big mountain biker, water ski in the summer, winter. I'm, um, you know, I snowboard. Uh, this year, interestingly enough, and I don't, I don't know if we should date stamp it or not, but I was training for a marathon. And uh, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was a goal that I had had. And funny enough, we were talking about kind of goals and setting them. And I had set it in 2019 
Uh, I only did a half. I've done a half a few times. And I just, because I had other things in my life going on that were a priority, I just didn't kind of commit to doing a marathon. So I'm listening to Hunter Thompson uh, talk about his marathon training. And I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to hire a coach, you know, so like make the decision. I'm going to do a marathon commit because the last year I didn't hire a coach. I thought, oh, I'll just kind of, you know, go online and, and figure it out. Uh, so I bought, I paid for a coach and uh, boy, I tell you, I was just, I, I was so dialed in and my, my times were coming down. I was losing weight and then COVID hits and I can't hit the gym. I couldn't, I couldn't buy any equipment. So I'm, I'm still training, but I'm, uh, I think the marathon may get stretched out to the end of the year or next year. Cause, uh, uh, it, the, the event is supposed to be May 31st and, and it's been canceled. So it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> is what it is. But uh, obviously, you're an individual who's committed in terms of your health, in terms of your business. So talk to me about that. I mean, how does, uh, how does like a marathon relate to just who you are as an individual and as a professional? Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the, the marathon, because, you know, people would ask me, like, why are you training for it? Like, what's the motivation behind it? And there are just certain things that um, I want to test myself at. And just see if I have the mental strength to to be able to kind of uh, persevere. So in I think 2015 or 2016, I went to uh, uh, Coronado and trained with Mark Devine and some Navy SEALs for one of their you know kind of uh, 20x crucibles where they just kind of pound you for a whole day, and and that was once again just to see how far I, I could go physically and then mentally, and. Knowing that in commercial real estate, for example, when you're doing a development or you're dealing with difficult situations because they do come up, um, like how do you respond and, and how are you going to be able to, uh, you know, like, like you think of what's going on today, right? I mean, the first three days, because uh, I, I come back from the U.S., I had to self-quarantine, I felt kind of sorry for myself and, and I was, you know, I couldn't be around my family, I couldn't hug my kids and it was very difficult for me and I realized that I couldn't just you know, stay in the basement because I couldn't be around my kids and not do anything. Right. So I, I kind of went back to that type of training and it was like, okay, get outside, you know, move your body. Um, and, uh, and I think that the, the physical fitness, if you will, gives me the energy and strength to be able to manage challenging situations. Literally after this call, I've got to go up to a development that I just completed. And I know I'm going to be dealing with some some people there because one of the sidewalks heaved and that's just what happens. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I love this concept and this conversation because that is one of the things that I know personally, I had to really get acclimated to as I got my feet wet and got more experience in commercial real estate was because it is so challenging or especially as you kind of get acclimated in the early parts of your commercial real estate career, it can be so stressful and it feels like, the whole world is against you and you're pushing a boulder up the mountain and the stress can be overwhelming. Yep. That's one of the reasons why I deeply recommitted to my fitness and to my health at the same time, as well as my mental health. Yep. Um, because I knew that if I could push myself and I, if I could put my body under some stress and become aware of the thoughts that were sort of working against me in my own biology, my own physiology, it would allow me to elevate beyond those circumstances. So it sounds like the same for you. I mean, is that a continual practice that you think is just integral to what you do as well? 
Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think that you know one of the one of the key things that I learned working with with him and, and Mark and and some of the other coaches I've had is really on the I guess kind of the concept of controlling your emotions because um, uh, you know for me I'm 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 naturally uh, if I get attacked, I, I go on the offense, right? And that is not always the best way when you're in a stressful negotiation, right? Because that person right. might be just stringing you along and they can bait you, right? I mean, and when you're dealing, see, I think one of the things that people don't realize when they go from say residential real estate to commercial is you're dealing with like some very sophisticated individuals, right? When guys have done half a billion, a billion, $10 billion of transactions, like they know how to push buttons. They know how to like rope you in. And, and unfortunately, if you are going by emotion, then there's a good chance that you might make a mistake. And so it's important to just kind of just remain even keeled. Right. And, and I know it's easier said than done, but it's, it's probably one of the, uh, the key things, right? Never, I never get too excited. I always, when things are going good, I'm like, okay, the reality is something's going to happen. It always does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not like I'm looking forward to it and it's not like I, I want it to happen. I just want to be prepared for it. Right. So that when something negative comes up, it's like, okay, well, um, th- this is just another challenge I got to work through. And, and I almost reframe it where I look at it like, this is why so few people do this, mm-hmm. right? Because it is challenging. And, and it's one of the things I talk about in, on, on my show and what I tell people is like the higher the barrier to entry, the less demand, the less uh, competition you have. Yeah. And so embrace that and embrace the fact that it is difficult because as you know, one or two properties and they really can set you up. So uh, totally. Yeah. Well, and pressure makes diamonds. I mean, that's the other thing is, um, you know, I, I know that the pressure that I experience coming up in the business that I continue to face yeah. requires me to step up and perform at a peak level. And it yeah. requires to bring the best out of myself. Yeah. And I love the concept that you were just talking about with regard to negotiation, because I know that there's times where people want to push you to the edge and they want to push your emotions to the edge yes. so that you crack and so that yep. you make a bad decision. And so yeah. that, uh, you know, they, they gain leverage back in their position. So the question is, okay, now that you understand that this is the game, how do you control your emotions? How do you make measured decisions under emotional duress and under distress and what training did you employ to get to this point, whether it's your own commitment to your own fitness, your own understanding of your own psychology, so on and so forth. But I just think it's so important. So talk to me about your own training and how do you show up in those situations to that capacity? Um, Well, this will be good because I've never really talked about this. Uh, And so hopefully I can articulate it in in a way that kind of makes sense. So the first thing I do is um, I wake up early. I wake up about 5 a.m. and I get about two to two and a half hours of like just Shane time, like whether it's my, you know, my morning ritual, a little bit of yoga, you know, I do some, some light exercises just to kind of get my blood flowing. I'll read uh, throughout the day. Uh, I want to make sure that I've, I meditate. Uh, if I know that I've got a tough negotiation at some point, number one, I usually try to bang that out as early on in the day as possible because I don't want my mind thinking about it and sucking energy out of me. And so like, because I'm up early, I don't mind having that call at seven 30 in the morning or eight o'clock or whenever it happens to be. And, um, so that's, that's one thing. Number two is, uh, I want to make sure that I'm eating the right foods because I don't want to crash and then be exhausted. Uh, 
sometimes I'll see a call come in and if I'm not feeling like I've got good energy, it's like, okay, I like, I got to deal with this, but I'm not going to deal with it right now because I want to be like on for this call because it's that important. And so like, I don't, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it's being proactive versus reactive, right? Where, where some people I see, they, they, um, you know, they're, they're multitasking and they're trying to negotiate a $10 million deal. And I'm thinking to myself, like the people I've mentored and studied with, I mean, we role play. And then it's like, okay, what if he says this? What if he says that? And so now I've got like a game plan in terms of here's what I'm prepared to do. I've got what I call like my negotiating one sheet. Right. And, and so I know essentially where I want to go, what I'm prepared to give away, what I'm not, uh, what are my principles and, and then just really get kind of getting centered and not taking it personally, but just really focusing on the outcome that I want. Um, there's something else I was going to mention there too, but uh, it slipped my mind. So maybe it'll now, This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. No worries. I mean, I think um, there's a lot of gold there. I mean, in in terms of, you know, even role-playing with yourself or role-playing with others on your team or your coach or whoever that may be, I think it is important to consider the potentials, right? The potential outcome of a certain conversation in any different direction. How are you going to handle those? What are your contingency plans? And then also identifying and preparing with what are your principles? What am I willing to give away and what am I not willing to give away? The other thing too, in terms of preparation, I think is so important for negotiation is truly understanding the other side. What exactly is their outcome? You know, what are they looking to accomplish? You know, there are ways that you can identify mutually beneficial outcomes that, you know, it's not taking advantage of anyone and you can build a long-term relationship. I do think it's very important to not only negotiate valuable agreements that work for you, for your team, and your outcomes, but also be thinking of what can we do to facilitate an agreement that is going to make sense for everyone so that we can have a long-term relationship and that we can do business again in the future. So you never want to walk away from the table with just blood everywhere and you rip their neck off their body and you've totally dominated them because look, I mean, that's not a, that's not a mindset of abundance as far as I'm concerned. Would you, would you agree with me, Shane? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, uh, just as you were saying that, I, I was thinking that was maybe one of the things I had left out was really getting clear on what it is that the other person's trying to achieve so that you can kind of speak to that and acknowledge it, right? Because, yep. you know, the reality is you're not going to, you're not going to trick anybody in this business. You know what no. I mean? Like you, you, you don't, you don't hard close, you don't hard sell anybody. This is, you're dealing with people that, that know the game. And this is, uh, I mean, one of the guys in, in Calgary, he made a comment to me and I think he was being a little facetious, but he's like, um, I'm trying to think exactly how he phrased it, but he's like, basically in a negotiation in, in his world, um, it, it was not like a win-win. It was like a lose-lose. Like both people had to walk <laughs> away upset. <laughs> and I, I know that. he was, you know, we were just, we were having some, some uh, wine at a party and it was kind of, but, but the way that this gentleman operates, it very much is like confrontational yeah. and, uh, and they kind of have that reputation. Um, look, there's going to be people like that in the world, right? Sure. So, 
that that doesn't mean that I need to subscribe to that. So no, that's super interesting too because um, you know not everybody is mindful. Not everyone has prepared oh. themselves physically or you know mindfully or whatever it may be to show mm-hmm. up to have a measured approach, right? So what do you do in that type of situation when someone else is boiling over? and you've pissed them off and you've pushed them to the edge and they're ready to walk away. How do you become a leader? You know, what, what would you say to that? I mean, what, what's your approach when you have someone who's a little bit of a hothead, which we definitely have in this business? Well, I mean, there is like one of the biggest deals I negotiated on my own personal developments was uh, when we had our 1150 acres out in Ontario and we were doing a mobile home community and, uh, or two actually. And, and I was negotiating with a guy and he was in the Cayman islands. I was in, I can't remember where I might've been here in Calgary. And I remember on, I was outside my house at like one in the morning negotiating with this guy. It was four in the morning in the Caymans. And, uh, and there was like one deal point that we were like stuck on and, and I was prepared to give, but my father-in-law who was like, you know, really the, the driver on this deal. He's like, no, that, that's a deal that, that, that's a, that's a deal point that we will not concede on. And so I just said, you know what, uh, Keith was the guy's name. I said, Keith, like, um, we're not, we're not going to solve this tonight. So let's pick it up tomorrow. Mm. And, and basically it was kind of like, like way too many emotions. I was exhausted. I know he was exhausted. So I said, look, if we can't do a deal, we can't do a deal. Yeah. And, and I was prepared to walk away, right? I mean, it sucked. I did not want to. But if, if the only solution was to do a deal and the other person senses that, then they've got you, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to be prepared to walk away. And so at that point, I just said, like, look, uh, I'm going to bed and we'll talk about this tomorrow or not. It's up to you. But yeah. uh, and, and so, like, I, I mean, that's the first aside from my father-in-law, I've never shared that story either. <laughs> that was, uh, that was, a, that was, that was the most intense conversation I've ever had as, or negotiation. And, uh, and so I put, keep putting myself in that situation when I have new ones and it's like, yeah, nothing's like that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I knew well, what was at stake. I mean, I, I love the thought though of, Hey, you know what? I don't know the solution right now. Let's pick this conversation up another day. Let's get some yeah. sleep here. Let's yeah. let our minds go to work and even leaving the conversation separating. It's like, all right, we have a lot of emotions around the discussion. Yeah. I care about you as an individual. I'm not trying to screw you. I want you to succeed in the future. We're yeah. both trying to mutually succeed in this discussion. So what can we do to revisit this conversation at another time? when our emotions may be more level and we're both human beings, this is something that happens, right? There's a lot of value in that. I just think it's so valuable to understand human emotions and then recognize that we're not all, you know, these folks who have prepared ourselves for these types of situations who can maintain sort of an even heart rate and all these different things. Um, You know, because to, to be successful in these negotiations, we have to, we have to get everyone on board. Um, the other thing too is that, you know, negotiating in real estate, I, I don't really know of a more valuable skill. Uh, do you, Shane? You know, um, yeah, like, I mean, the negotiation is really where it all comes together, right? I mean, you, you yep. find the deal, you can raise the capital, but there's going to be, there's going to be situations that come up throughout the deal and you, and you have exactly. to know how to be able to handle that or you can potentially get taken advantage of. And, yep. uh, um, I think that's one of the reasons why people like partnering with me now is because I'm happy to, I don't want to say happy. I'm prepared to make those tough calls, those tough conversations. Cause that's what I was um, like my father-in-law, he would put me in those situations like as a mentor. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, look, you've seen me do it. 
Now it's time you do it, right? Like you can't keep coming back to me to handle the, the tough stuff. Yeah. And so when you're in that situation, man, I tell you that, that is very attractive. People will, will gravitate to you because not many people want to deal with conflict. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's just a, a part of this game, I guess. Well, and it's another personal growth process as well. When you identify that, you know, not only is it a little bit nerve wracking to face a problem head on and, and solve that problem, but it's, it's stressful, you know, but when you can overcome that, you look back and you say, wow, man, I actually did that. I actually, um, I, I was resourceful and I was a problem solver and I was able to work through the complexity of this and I'm able to look back and say, you know what, now I can do that again. And now I can do this better next time. And what a, what a better, you know, sort of opportunity to say, Hey, I'm growing, I'm becoming more, I'm becoming more valuable. And the only way I'm doing that is by going face first into this problem. And I don't know about you, but problems are really the central theme of real estate. I mean, we're problem <laughs> solvers at all time, right? I mean, that, yeah, that, that's what we got hired to do, or that's why we, that's the type of properties we buy, right? We're, we're essentially looking for a gap in the marketplace and that usually exactly. is, there's a problem associated to it. And so the bigger the problem, the more money you're going to make, right? Absolutely. And so if, you know, that's why developers, uh, they take on tremendous risk and solve big problems and they need to be compensated for it. Uh, 100%, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Your value is in the marketplace is directly compensated with the direct value that you bring to the marketplace. Yep. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about what can you do to solve problems? What can you do to add value? Yep. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. But, but Shane, tell me about yourself. I mean, I'm curious to know an individual like yourself who's so driven, who's dynamic in so many different ways. I mean, was there a moment in your life that you kind of drew a line in the sand and said, look, I'm not going to be average. I'm not going to be, you know, even slightly above average. I'm going to do anything it takes to be sort of this uncommon individual. I mean, talk to me about that. Or was that a process? Uh, well, uh, th there's, there's, um, times in my life, I think that probably came about that, that really pushed those buttons for me, if you will. And I mean, both my parents are teachers. My dad was a principal. My mom was a grade one teacher. And so I grew up kind of middle class, if you will. Right. Uh, but I played a lot of sports. And so I played hockey and, and I remember, you know, my dad was a coach and most of the kids on the team, you know, their parents were maybe business owners or they, they had, you know, more, more money than we did. And it showed right in their equipment. Uh, they always got like Gatorade at halftime. They always got like a hamburger and fry. Like these are small things or it's so it sounds, yeah. but when you're the only kid that has like hand-me-down equipment or doesn't get those, you know, like, like, you know, once a year we would kind of go and go to Boston pizza after a game and, and that would be kind of a big deal. Um, and, and I never, um, I never dwelled on it, but I knew that I wanted, I guess more. Right. And so, um, I, I had multiple jobs when I was young, whether it was like two or three paper routes and, you know, working at a gym, uh, cause I always wanted to be able to control my own money and my, my own destiny, if you will. Uh, so I, I would say that, uh, I, I equated early on working hard to making more money and that probably served me for a little while, but, but at a certain point you, you tap out when you're trading time for money. Right. Yes. And, and so that's really where I started to kind of think about real estate and, and start to leverage the, the money I had saved into, you know, first residential, right. Fixing and flipping rentals, uh, 
got a job at Sun Life, started to see people operating at a real high level because I was in commercial finance. And, um, and that was kind of how I started to transition in. But, but probably some of those moments that shaped me were, were being young and just being um, a little bit, uh, not a little bit, probably quite a bit frustrated with having to every decision be made about money, right? I, I, I never wanted to worry about that. Yeah. And, uh, but the challenge with that is as soon as I started making money, then I was like the opposite of my dad. I, I, uh, you know, I didn't want to think about a budget anymore. Right. And so I'd spent money way too freely. So there's a, there's, you know, you, you know, uh, I, I've had to kind of go back and, and, uh, revisit some of the lessons my, my parents instilled in me. So, uh, so do you still believe the concept that the harder you work, the more you can earn that kind of stuff? Or have you fully shifted on the philosophy of work smarter, not harder? And, and overall, obviously without trading time for money and, and what we both believe in real estate in terms of leverage uh, of capital and leverage of expertise and resources. But what about that philosophy? Does that still stick with you today or how have you shifted there? Well, I mean, um, I think that there's definitely uh, like an element of working that that is like the foundation. But I know a lot of people that bust their ass and don't have very much to show for it. Yeah. And and I see other people, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, here is a person that. So so I guess like uh, just just as I'm thinking this through, so working smarter to me is usually doing like things that are more difficult back to the stuff that we had talked about, right? Yeah. Like putting yourself in those really uncomfortable situations because um, it's hard work. Like when I used to build logging roads, right? Digging out culverts, moving stuff around, like that is physically demanding, but it's um, you know, I think there's more people that would be prepared to do that than sit in a boardroom with a group of people and do a public pub, public uh, speech to go raise capital or sure. to have a uh, potentially con, you know, a, a, a challenging or uncomfortable conversation with someone. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So there's, so I think that, yeah, the, the working smarter is like, is really figuring out where are those leverage points that you can, that you can um, uh, add value to and, and uh, that other people are not prepared to do. And so commercial real estate, I think is one of those avenues. Yeah. Doing difficult work, doing challenging work, maybe uncomfortable work that yep. uh, others are maybe a little bit fearful of. It's like, how courageous can you be? Right? Yes. Yes. I think that that's a much better way to put it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, Hey, look, you're the one spitting the wisdom. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just uh, synthesizing here just a yeah. bit, but uh, it yeah. does seem like courage is one of those biggest, the, the biggest components of those who achieve long lasting success. And I think long lasting is something that's very important for us to really highlight here is because it's not overnight. I mean, this, this takes a long time, many, many years of commitment of building relationships and building a reputation. I think that's another thing that going back to our earlier conversation on negotiation, that's so important is having a reputation in the marketplace. I mean, uh, I know for sure myself, as I've continued to develop my own reputation, you know, my words carry more weight with other people and that, you know, we can obviously have this emotional sort of micro conversation, but then there's a layer of other things on top of that, which can give what I say validity. Would you, have you experienced the same yourself, Shane? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the, the uh, business of commercial real estate is, is a small one and uh, your uh, reputation and the relationships that you build and develop uh, will either serve you or hurt you. 
And one of the first things that I tell all the guys and girls that I work with when they're getting into commercial real estate is like, you need to know the game first, right? Because if you don't understand how the players interact and their motivations and you start reaching out. So, I mean, I had a guy just say, Hey, can I like, can I, can I reach out to some brokers and start asking them for some comps? And I'm thinking, okay, well, like what, what have you done for them? Like you're pumping this guy for information. He spends a thousand bucks a month to subscribe to CoStar and you're asking him for free information that you may go out and so shopping your own deals. Like you just got to like, but in residential real estate, you'd have no problem saying, send me a thing, a whole list of comps in commercial real estate. Like people take 20 years to develop that, that database. And they're not just going to freely give it over to someone that they met on LinkedIn two seconds ago, you know, that, that has no credibility and, and I get kind of passionate about this, but it's like, when you understand how to work with brokers, then you will see deals. But I think until that point, it's tough. You know what I mean? Because yep. brokers are paranoid, right? They don't want to give away all that insight. And then you take it and, and go to your buddy or someone else and then go buy a property from them. Right? Like, I mean, they, because they don't get buyer agency agreements for the most part. It's, it's, it's very trust-based and, and trust takes time. And you need to be able to speak the language and understand their motivations. And I, I think that we got off topic, but I just felt like that was kind of oh <laughs> like a, a really important aspect of the, of the concept of re- reputation. So well, there, first of all, there's no topic here. Just uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we are riffing on some very important stuff yeah. here, but I mean, seriously though, this is, this is of the utmost importance. I mean, if yeah. you really want to understand uh, I mean, if you really want to make some inroads in this business, you got to know the game first, as you mentioned, yep. and yep. you need to really understand, you know, the exchange of value, you know, yes. if, have you built a relationship with this individual, whether they're a broker or anyone else in the business and understand their perspective at the end of the day? I mean, how long has it taken them to gather the information that you are requesting? And then what have you also given them? I mean, at the end of the day, most people are nice people and they're willing to help you and they want to succeed alongside of you. But if you don't have the capacity of also helping them succeed, at the end of the day, this is a business. Everyone is in the business to succeed financially and whatever that may be, whatever those outcomes may be. But I just think it comes down to perspective, right? I mean, it's like, if you're asking me a question without showing me that you have any perspective, then it's probably unlikely that I'm going to support your outcome. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think many people would go to a lawyer and say, you know, can you send me a, a, an LPGP agreement that I can use to, uh, you know, create it on my own. Right. I mean, like, like that lawyer probably spent 15 grand or whatever it was to, to, to modify and, and generate it. And so, um, you wouldn't cold call a lawyer expecting that. However, I think when it gets into the real estate world, um, the, uh, the expectation is that there's just this abundance of free information, yes. but it's not information that you need. It's insight, right? Mm. Because even if you saw 10 deals that sold, like that would be useless if you didn't know the, the, um, the story behind it. So I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday. I called him up. I'm looking at putting an offer in on a deal. I said, hey, I'm looking in this market. What do you know about it? I think you own a property. Yes, I own a property. Tell me about the one you're looking at. We have a conversation. He says, there's two, there's two property that sold in the last two years. One at 63 a door, one at 116 a door. Here's the story behind each one. Mm. I mean, like, like, you know, but I've, I've poured into Mike, you know, 
tons, right? I mean, I send them spreadsheet. Like, like there's yeah. a there's a reciprocation going back and forth. It's not like uh, you you don't want to be viewed as a taker or my call goes unanswered. You know what I yes. mean? And uh, and so like I I mean my my phone this morning three brokers uh, and we're just sharing information back and forth. What are you seeing? What am I seeing? How do we work together? Mm-hmm. Some of these guys even come into my deals. But anyways, that's. Well, I think it's an, a very important distinction is information versus insight. I mean, you can get every single co-star report that's yeah. available out there, but if you have no insight and understanding of why does this number, why is this yeah. number substantial and why is this number substantial and, and what are the difference? What was the different factors involved here? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different factors, whether it's legal, whether it's, you know, property condition, whether it's operation, whether it's management background, I mean, you have to understand and it takes time to develop that understanding. So what are you going to do to show that you are the real deal and you're willing to commit to gaining insight rather than information, rather than just information, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it takes time. Obviously it takes commitment and you know, there are takers out there as well. I know for sure there's, there's takers out there that when I receive their call, it's like, I really don't want to take this call because it's just, <laughs> it, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, a person who I'm willing to give and I trust yeah. people and I, I'm willing to give for a long time. But after a certain period, it feels like the deposits have vastly outweighed the, uh, you know, the withdrawals have vastly outweighed the deposits. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you get that feeling as well, but I do think it's one of those things that's like, you have to develop it over a long period of time and you have to be cognizant of that. It's like, how many times have I withdrawn from this relationship and what am I doing to give back to them? How can I add value to them? Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, like, uh, um, I mean, there's, there's so many things that, that we could talk about on, on that side of things, but I think, um, I guess with respect to, to, uh, deposits, um, like I'm never like consciously keeping track and I know that that's, you don't either. I no. think one of the things that I do is with my podcast, for example, like yours, like this is like, people don't know that we're spending money to produce these, <laughs> yeah. right? and give it away. 100%. So now when someone comes, it's like, okay, I can't afford to sit down with someone for an hour just to give them a bunch of information. It's like, look, you know, get this book, listen to my podcast, read some episodes, whatever it is. Right. And if, and if it sounds like we resonate and you want to work with me in some capacity, then we can have a conversation and we can yep. figure out whether or not it makes sense. Right. Because like you, th- like, I don't know how many uh, episodes you have out there, but there's probably like hundreds of hours of yeah. like incredible information that you've given freely that if someone, if they just take the time, they can go and learn it. And then if they want to go to the next level, which is the insight, then they can say, okay, like, because each deal is going to be nuanced. And, and so if you want that kind of, um, uh, kind of personal care, then, then yeah. I, I think it, it makes sense. Like I don't, when I hired my coach to help me with my marathon, I mean, I'm not, uh, uh an Olympic, uh, athlete. So he had to gear it towards me. I didn't say, uh, Hey James, can you hook me up and for the next three months for free right. and right. like, I wouldn't have even paid attention to it. Right. Because I had, I was paying them every month. It was like, I'm doing it. I'm eating the proper foods. I'm doing the stretches. I'm, you know, doing my 10 mile runs on, on Sunday morning. And you know, you, you, you take it seriously. I mean, yeah. I don't know if, if you find it when you give away free information, like people, people don't take it seriously. argue with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean the biggest, the biggest distinction here that I'm getting is really information versus insight. Yeah. is such a, there's really a vast 
difference, right? Yeah. And yeah. so if you if you're really committed to gaining the appropriate insight, the appropriate wisdom, yeah. you will invest in that. You will invest not only capital but also time and attention and care and perspective yes. into other people that you know that you can gain that you know, really that insight from. And so, um, I just think it's a huge distinction and there's a ton of value that you're really distilling for the listener here. And I recommend that everybody really listen to all of that because this is, there's a ton of wisdom here. There's a ton of years of really perspective that Shane I know is applying to his business, but also giving away for free right now. So understand how much insight there is to apply immediately. So Shane, tell me about your business right now. I mean, what are you, what would you say you're doing to really kind of raise the bar right now in what you're doing? Um, so one of the, uh, like one of my key philosophies in how I do business is I like what I think doesn't matter as much as what the market, um, votes with their dollar. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like hypersensitive to, is there demand? Can I vet that demand upfront? And so, for example, when I do a development or a project, I am uh, spending extra time and money to, to basically verify demand. And, and so when I go to investors to raise capital, for example, I'm not bringing them an idea, right? Like ideas are a dime a dozen. Like this is essentially like, uh, like I'm ready to roll. I'm seven days away from, you know, removing conditions. I want to know, are you in or out of this deal? Uh, I don't say it quite like that, but I'm just kind of, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and, and, and like the, the deal is like, is wrapped up. Right. Whereas I think some people, when they get into commercial real estate and maybe they are raising capital, like they, they are haste, like they're quick to put together a deck. But as soon as an investor that understands the market penetrates and asks like five or 10 questions, uh, and they can't answer it or they're stumbling over like fundamental, like things that a person should understand, uh, you lose confidence and, and you know, it's, I don't know how to put it. It's almost kind of like, I'll put my money at risk up front. Yep. Like, like I, like before uh, COVID hit, I had two projects under contract and I had put, a, I mean, four months of work and tens of thousands of dollars into it. And I had to ask myself like the honest question, has the market changed enough that, that these assumptions no longer uh, hold water? And given that, do I still want to proceed? And unfortunately the answer was no, I had to step back and I, and I wasn't about to try to retrade or do anything like that. It was just like, look guys, there's so much uncertainty right now that um, I, I can in good faith go out to my investors and raise, you know, $4 million on one of them to, to pursue this deal. So let's re let's circle up. I, I don't expect you to wait for me, but, but that's like the difference between kind of being attached to an outcome yeah. and then, and then just really trying to say, okay, like I want my partners to be with me for 25 years. And if I do a bad deal, like back to reputation, I mean, you, you, you can, you can spend the next 20 years trying to, you know, climb out from, from a, a bad reputation in my opinion. So it just sure. wasn't worth it. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year. Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode 
your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Yeah, no deal is better than a bad deal as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, I think it's so important, you know, because we can underwrite deals every single day and make any deal work on paper, right? What what can you do to financial engineer it? But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to look critically at your deals. What, What are the deep questions? You know, let's look at our deal and say, all right, well, why shouldn't I do this deal? What are the questions that I should be asking is like, what are the big downsides? What is the worst case scenario here? And if it still passes that muster, perhaps at that point, then you proceed. But I think it is really important to be a realist, you know, obviously be an optimist. And, you know, I think you would agree with me. It's like anything is possible, but also at the same time, you know, a sub market may determine that that uh, is not the case. So we have to probable is it? Yeah, exactly. How probable? Yeah, because it's possible to win the lotto, but it's not very probable, right? And so I see a lot of um, new investors that have blue sky, is, and that's their worst case scenario. I don't know if you experience oh, that yeah. or not, but it's like, like show me the sensitivity analysis. Their sensitivity is an exit cap at a four and a half. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, well, that is where the market is today. What if it, what if it moves a point and a half the other way or two points? Yeah. Like, anyways. No, I mean, we're seeing that in real time right now. So who didn't have a sensitivity analysis in 2019 that's now, wow, I mean, that is absolutely a dangerous world to live in. You've got to understand that the worst case is possible. And obviously, we're seeing that in many different macroeconomic senses. So there are things out of our control, but what happens if you're not prepared for that? You know, so there's just a lot to consider here. And it's not just information, it's insight, right? It is nuance. It's who do you have in your corner? Who are you speaking with? Who are you running your ideas with? What blind spots do you have in your thinking that you haven't considered? You know, so tell me about that. I mean, I know that you work with clients and you work with uh, others who are either raising capital, others who are building their own real estate portfolio. What's that look like? What are you most excited about uh, there in the future as well? Well, I think uh, right now I'm very excited because for the last four years, we've been in a, a seller's market, right? Yep. And so you're a price taker. And that was really why I got into development because I could build for less than what I could buy for in some cases. Yep. Uh, I think that the market has shifted. I don't think it's, it's fully there, but I can tell you when I'm getting multiple calls from an agent, um, like, uh, so, so I put an offer in on a deal two and a half months ago. I lost out because it was a bid situation. Well, that guy dropped it because of COVID. Now the, the deal comes back to me and they're saying, Hey, do you want it now? You know, at the price that you, and I'm like, no, like it's, it's not, it's not like, so now they're chasing me. And so yep. as a buyer, as an investor, and like, I can joke around with guys cause it's, cause we're all big boys. I'm like, look, you, you stuck it to me when you could. And I said, <laughs> the tables have turned for sure. I'm not trying to take advantage of a situation, but the truth yep. is, you know, I had to overpay to get it before. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to buy it at numbers that make sense to me. And so I think that if you're an investor and you're getting your money right today, I think that there's going to be opportunities. Like I said, this isn't about taking advantage. It's just about market cycles. This is yeah. just, this is just how things change. Right. And when the sentiment comes out and people are fearful, then 
you're one of the few people that has taken a true contrarian uh, view, um, you know, and, and I could be wrong, right? I'm, I'm yep. not, I'm not, I'm not there yet on some of these deals, but I'm getting a lot closer. So I'm, I'm extremely excited. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, opportunities for some really, you know, good, good, uh, pieces of property where guys, they need to sell. And if you can offer liquidity, uh, because right now I'm, I'm seeing the banks really tighten up, which yep. is another signal to me that this is a, you know, you're going to need more money, but I think that this is, this is going to be a good time. That, that, yep. That's my thought. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing too, is just to separate your emotion from the realities of the market. Yep. It is what it is. I mean, you're not mean, you're not a mean person if you're going to acquire a deal at a, you know, a more attractive acquisition price or terms or whatever that may be. Uh, if that's what the market's giving, I mean, at the end of the day, market cycles reality as well. I mean, it comes and goes and obviously this is an unprecedented time and, and you know, at least in our lifetime, perhaps there's been pandemics and other times, but there also hasn't been a pandemic as well as the financial system, as well as the factors at play right now. So we have to all do what's best for our intentions. And, you know, also I think it is important to be aware of how you're acting and how does that, how does that sort of perceive your reputation in the future as well? Because, you know, if you're taking advantage of people left and right, you know, especially in this type of time, people are going to remember that, you know, whether or not they remain in the business or not. But I just think that's also a very important consideration. So that that's what I would add to that. But I definitely think it is exciting to look at the landscape and say, wow, all right, this, uh, this vastly competitive landscape is now starting to kind of open up just slightly. And perhaps uh, there's going to be opportunities for those who are resourceful, those who are uh, creative. I definitely think creative and those who have strong relationships across the industry. So uh, definitely appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I want to transition into our rapid fire section. Uh, we call it the rare air questionnaire. And what yeah. it's all about is about elevating to a life without limits, continuing to raise the bar, continuing to push ourselves and not only gather info, but gather insight, gather wisdom. And so as we're going to talk about now, I've got a few questions for you. I'd love to know uh, if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read, what would those be and why? So, um, there's a couple books that come to mind and, uh, one that I just recently wrote, read, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick, Gentempo, I think is his name. Your brand is your stand. And he really lays out the, the underlying themes of like, why, uh, are you in the business that you're in the business of? And, uh, and, and he talks about kind of the, uh, psychology, physiology, um, you know, um, you know, profit and, and there's five of them and I can, you know, sure enough on, on an interview, I can't think of all of them right now, yeah, of course. but, uh, but, but the purpose is, you know, most people do things uh, with the uh, triangle inverted where they, where they focus on money versus purpose first. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you focus on your purpose and then you align it with all these, the building blocks, then when you get to focusing on the money, um, it's, it's in alignment, if you will, versus chasing. And that's one of the key things I think when someone is new to, to commercial real estate is like, like have something bigger than just chasing a deal because the deal is going to be tough. Like likely, I mean, no two yeah. deals are the same. And, and so if it's just money, then when obstacles come up, then you're, you're probably going to, you could retreat if, if you don't have that really strong why. 
Um, Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. Uh, I think he was like the real rich dad, poor dad. I mean, just a really, really smart, wise businessman. And then Principles by Ray Dalio. Those are kind of the three books that I, uh, you know, read more than once and, and have a lot of notes uh, taken in them. The, the second one was Road Less Stupid. Is that right? I think it's called The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. He's got another book, something Unlock the Keys. Uh, but it's, I mean, his books in terms of um, business, and he was he was a pretty successful real estate guy himself. Then he lost it all. Then he built it back up again. And uh, he just kind of has that that wisdom of of years in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely got the insight. I love. Yeah, that. no, we'll definitely put uh, links in the show notes here to these books. Um, sure. But I love talking. I, I love the just the concept of thinking about your purpose rather than just money, right? Because yeah. as you mentioned, I mean, when the challenges hit, when the overwhelming challenges that sometimes hit, you know, money isn't that enticing. It's like, eh, I can, I'm fine, you know, but wait a minute, my challenge and what I committed to and what I, my outcome that I'm really, you know, truly tied to, it's like, I'll do anything it takes. So I think it is really important to get clear and get crystal clear on what that outcome and what your true overall arching sort of life purposes um, is so important. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Shane, talk to me about what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis outside of what we've already talked about today? Um, what do I do? Like, I guess um, some of the things that I, uh, so I really enjoy like writing and and sharing stories, right? And so, uh, or information for that matter. Like I, I, I really do, maybe because my parents were teachers, uh, I didn't want to necessarily be a, a teacher, but I, I love to be able to kind of share my experiences so that people don't have to learn the hard way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, before this, I was making pancakes for my kids this morning. I love kind of making breakfast with them. Uh, and then, you know, just, just staying fit, like getting, going for bike rides, going for runs, just trying to stay healthy and, and uh, yeah, spending time with family and friends. I love it. Well, you're definitely a great storyteller. I've, uh, I've enjoyed a few of the stories that you've shared with us today. So kudos to you on that. And uh, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Uh, elevate others. Um, I, so one of the things that I, and I, I don't know who I heard it from, maybe it was Keith Cunningham or someone along those lines, but what are the, one of the things I do is when people uh, tell me why they can't do something, I, I push back on them as a friend not to, uh, not to be uh, difficult and not because I'm trying to um, be, you know, like better than them or whatever, because some of the greatest lessons I've learned have been from my mentors that uh, had, that asked me very difficult questions, uncomfortable questions. And so I think sometimes it's important if you've got a good friend and you're seeing they're maybe going down the wrong path, uh, because look, the easy thing to do is to say nothing, right? To, yeah. to do nothing. Uh, but if, if you care about them, then sometimes, you know, one of those, like we talked about having difficult conversations, some of the hardest conversations are with the people that you love has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with, it could be about health. It could be about, you know, uh, a multitude of things. Right. And, and so, uh, it's not easy. Uh, but it's it's something I'm 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 working at in terms of of hopefully either with my kids I try to be 
a model for them to look at. I, if I tell them to do something, that's one thing. If they see me in terms of how I act, th- they will model it. Right. And then obviously with your friends, sometimes you just gotta, you know, call them out a little bit, you know, nicely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's nicer to be honest and frank and candid with someone um, rather than beating around the bush. And I know that I'm sure like you, I mean, I, there's times where I don't want to do that. I don't want to have that conversation. And that's most of the time, honestly, I have to yeah. fight against that, yeah. but it goes back to the quote that I'm very fond of that says easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. And I, I believe it relates to conversations and facing things head on. It's like, you know what, if I'm going to have this hard conversation, things in the future are going to get easier. And I believe that's the case with other people around us too. What can we do to push someone else and not allow them to settle for mediocrity, not allow them to settle for average? You know, I I just believe that not only is it the right thing to do and, and the right philosophy for us to, you know, embody in our own life, but if we can influence other people in our world and, and allow them to influence people in their own world, I mean, what a way for us to change humanity and to leave a lasting impact and, and uh, to live a fulfilling life. I don't know about you, but whenever I have those conversations, man, it just feels like that is a day well spent. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I totally agree. And I love that quote. I, I think I heard it from on Tim Ferriss's podcast. I don't know if that where you heard it, but he was it is. talking about one of the, that, that, um, that fella that was like, uh, uh, yeah, one of his kind of key mentors or whatever. Right. Yes. Yes, uh, exactly. I've sent that text probably to four or five people and, and cause it, cause it says everything uh, that needs to be said really. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, Shane, this has been absolutely outstanding. And uh, is there any, any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd leave elevate nation with today? You know, I, I think um, you know, what we've talked about today uh, I think kind of wraps it up. And, and I think that, you know, this business is long-term and I think that if you kind of really take that approach that, um, that this is something that you really want to, you know, for me, one of my, my philosophies is I want to live life on my terms. So for me, that means I got to take responsibility for, you know, my income, my money, where it's invested. And, and if that is something that resonates with people, then I think that, you know, it's worth taking the time to, to get into commercial real estate or something that, you know, maybe it's your, maybe it's your own business. I don't know. But uh, but I think that, um, you know, when you take that, that long-term view on things, um, you know, it, it's tough to be patient, but it pays off. Patiently impatient is, is the, <laughs> the embodiment that I try to employ, but, uh, man, uh, I, I certainly look forward to a long-term, uh, relationship together. And, um, you know, I definitely want to open up, uh, Elevate Nation to, you know, understand that you've got the capacity to follow along with Shane and engage with him and what he's doing. So, so tell the listeners how they can, uh, how they can learn more about what you do and follow you along. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Tyler. Uh, so, so like the, the best is just my website, Shane Melanson, M-E-L-A-N-S-O-N.com. Uh, there's a link to my book and my podcast and, and whatnot. So, uh, like you, I mean, we just, we, we put a lot of content out there and, and, uh, it, you know, look, it's, it's not meant for everybody, right? I mean, this is meant for people that, that resonate with this. And, and I suspect if you've listened this long, hopefully you've got some value and, and, uh, you know, go back and listen to some of Tyler's shows. And if you want, you can check out any of mine and I'm going to get Tyler on my show too. So that'll be, uh, that'll be fun. 
Absolutely. And uh, we'll definitely put links in the show notes in terms of everywhere where you can find Shane on social media as well as his website. And also I want to make a plug, uh, go to clubsyndication.com slash book one. You can actually uh, download a free PDF uh, of his book there, um, which is really exciting. So definitely want to check that out. We'll also put a link there in the show notes. But I want to encourage Elevate Nation to re-listen to this show because I know there's a ton of nuggets of wisdom there that, you know, really it's going to take uh, perhaps a little bit of time if you're just getting started in this business to gain that insight, to gain that wisdom and the understanding of truly how to act in this business. But if you're, you know, if you've been around the block and, you know, you know how much truth there is to what Shane is saying today and, and how much more you can actually apply to your business and to the future uh, success of your life and the people that you care about. And I just know that there's so much value here. So I want to encourage you to not only re-listen to the show, but distill it down. What are your top three takeaways that you're going to take action on now? What are you going to take action on immediately? What are you going to take massive action on? And also, who are three people that you can share the show with? Who mm -hmm. can you screenshot and tag them in social media or send them a text or whatever it may be? Who would benefit from listening to the show? So I encourage you to share this, pay it forward. Because the teacher is who learns the most. We know that for sure. That's how you really anchor in your own insight, your own understanding. And uh, that's how you're going to make a difference, not only in your life, but others around you. And that's what Elevate's all about. So with that said, Shane, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.